0: Letter sixty-five of Evelina. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Clett. Evelina by Fanny Burney. Letter sixty-five. Evelina in continuation. Clifton, September twentieth. Here I am, my dear sir, under the same roof, and an inmate of the same house as Lord Orville. Indeed, if this were not the case, my situation would be very disagreeable, as you will easily believe when I tell you the light in which I am generally considered." "'My dear,' said Mrs. Selwyn, "'did you ever before meet with that egregious fop, Lovell?' I very readily satisfied her as to my acquaintance with him. "'Oh, then,' said she, I am the less surprised at his ill-nature, since he has already injured you." I begged her to explain herself, and then she told me, that while Lord Orville was speaking to me, Lady Louisa said to Mr. Lovell, "'Do you know who that is?' "'Why, ma'am, no, pon honour,' answered he, "'I can't absolutely say I do. I only know she is a kind of toad-eater. She made her first appearance in that capacity last spring, when she attended Miss Mervyn, a young lady of Kent. How cruel it is, my dear sir, to be thus exposed to the impertinent suggestions of a man who is determined to do me ill offices! Lady Louisa may well despise a toad-eater, but, thank heaven, her brother has not heard, or does not credit, the mortifying appellation. Mrs. Selwyn said she would advise me to pay my court to this Mr. Lovell. For, said she, though he is malicious, he is fashionable, and may do you some harm in the great world. But I should disdain myself as much as I do him, were I capable of such duplicity as to flatter a man whom I scorn and despise. We were received by Mrs. Beaumont with great civility, and by Lord Orville with something more. As to Lady Louisa, she scarcely perceived that we were in the room. There has been company here all day, part of which I have spent most happily, for after tea, when the ladies played at cards, Lord Orville, who does not, and I, who cannot play, were consequently at our own disposal, and then his lordship entered into a conversation with me, which lasted till supper-time. Almost insensibly, I find the constraint, the reserve I have been wont to feel in his presence, wear away. The politeness, the sweetness with which he speaks to me, restore all my natural cheerfulness, and make me almost as easy as he is himself, and the more so, as, if I may judge by his looks, I am rather raised than sunk of late in his opinion. I asked him how the bet was, at last, to be decided. He told me that, to his great satisfaction, the parties had been prevailed upon to lower the sum from one thousand to one hundred pounds, and that they had agreed it should be determined by a race between two old women, one of whom was to be chosen by each side, and both were to be proved more than eighty years of age, though in other respects strong and healthy as possible when I expressed my surprise at this extraordinary method of spending so much money. I am charmed," said he, at the novelty of meeting with one so unhackneyed in the world, as not to be yet influenced by custom to forget the use of reason. For certain it is, that the prevalence of fashion makes the greatest absurdities pass uncensured, and the mind naturally accommodate itself even to the most ridiculous improprieties, if they occur frequently. I should have hoped," said I, that the humane proposal made yesterday by your lordship would have had more effect." "'Oh!' cried he, laughing, I was so far from expecting any success, that I shall think myself very fortunate if I escape the wit of Mr. Coverley in a lampoon. Yet I spoke openly, because I do not wish to conceal that I am no friend to gaming." After this he took up the new bath guide, and read it with me till supper-time. In our way downstairs, Lady Louisa said, I thought, brother, you were engaged this evening." "'Yes, sister,' answered he, "'and I have been engaged.' And he bowed to me with an air of gallantry that rather confused me. September 23rd Almost insensibly have three days glided on since I last wrote, and so serenely, that but for your absence I could not have formed a wish. My residence here is much happier than I had dared expect. The attention with which Lord Orville honours me, is as uniform as it is flattering, and seems to result from a benevolence of heart that proves him as much a stranger to caprice as to pride. For as his particular civilities arose from a generous resentment at seeing me neglected, so will they, I trust, continue, as long as I shall, in any degree, deserve them. I am now not merely easy, but even gay in his presence such is the effect of true politeness, that it banishes all restraint and embarrassment. When we walk out, he condescends to be my companion, and keeps by my side all the way we go. When we read, he marks the passages most worthy to be noticed, draws out my sentiments, and favours me with his own. At table, where he always sits next to me, he obliges me by a thousand nameless attentions, while the distinguishing good breeding with which he treats me prevents my repining at the visibly felt superiority of the rest of the company, a thousand occasional meetings could not have brought us to that degree, of social freedom which four days spent under the same roof have, insensibly, been productive of. And as my only friend in this house, Mrs. Selwyn, is too much engrossed in perpetual conversation to attend much to me, Lord Orville seems to regard me as a helpless stranger, and as such to think me entitled to his good offices and protection. Indeed, my dear sir, I have reason to hope, that the depreciating opinion he formerly entertained of me, is succeeded by one infinitely more partial. It may be that I flatter myself, but yet his looks, his attentions, his desires of drawing me into conversation, and his solicitude to oblige me, all conspire to make me hope I do not. In short, my dearest sir! These last four happy days would repay me for months of sorrow and pain. End of Letter Sixty five.